Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother J.W. Brand here at God's Whole Word. And so here we are on this Friday. Uh, it's amazing that we are already uh, up into the month of October. Um, but here we are. And I'll tell you, I want to give God some praise because, well, I want to give God a lot of praise. But, uh, but uh, I want to thank God you know, I was talking to y'all about how the Texas, we've just been hot and we've been dry. We've been just having so many um, difficulties and, um, you know, been a drought and all that kind of thing. You know, in the area where we're at, it uh, um, tends to rain a whole lot more. And it just hadn't done that. But i tell you what, the last few days we have been uh, blessed with some rain for several days and the cool down of the weather and I'm just telling the Lord thank you thank you so much and it's just a blessing and so uh, before we go any further I want to just take some time to uh, go into prayer for a moment before we get to talking Lord I thank you for the opportunity the privilege to share your word with people each and every time that we come on this podcast God's whole word and we want to be mindful to do exactly that and God to bring the whole word to people the whole gospel to the whole world not leaving out uh, anything in your word Lord you gave us your word you said uh, that uh, to the devil that man should not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God and so Lord we endeavor to bring every word to the people and Lord, you know we've been camping out. Uh, we've been camping out here at Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19. And Lord, we uh, just want to look at the things that your word says you hate. And um, we know that because you have such a great hate for some things, you also have an even greater love uh, for your people and you want them to be saved and you've just been so wonderful and so magnificent and so um, blessed to us that you would be willing to look at us full of sin as so many of us uh, just walk and live and serve God uh, trying to serve God living in this world full of so much debauchery around us and uh, trying to trying to honor you and trying to live for you but lord we're reminded of where we came from and the ugliness where we came from the pit that you dug us out of god thank you for digging me out of the pit i give you praise i thank you for that so lord help us as you've given us the ministry of reconciliation the church that is to help others to be dug out of a pit from where they may be sitting. And we just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, uh, you know, I'll tell you, I, I am just, uh, I'm a bit tired today. Um, so if you bear with me, uh, so my... You know, when you get tired and you're older, you're not like in your 20s and your 30s and uh, even your 40s. I remember uh, I felt differently in even in my 40s than I do now. 
20 years or so later up in my 60s. And I know there's some that's just going to laugh at that. They're thinking probably they in their 80s or 90s, and they're just laughing at what I'm saying. But, um, you know, so y'all y'all pray for me and uh, because sometimes uh, that's how it goes with me, and I just uh, get uh, a bit tired and, and that kind of thing sometimes. So, um, but in any event, uh, you know, Tired or not, whether or not uh, the, the body is tired. You know, I, I'm reminded of a song that uh, we've sang in church many times, and it says, I'm not tired yet. And uh, it, it goes kind of like that. It says, I'm not tired yet. I've been running for Jesus. I've been running for Jesus. And I'm not tired yet. No, no, I'm not tired, tired yet, running for Jesus. I've been running for Jesus all so long. I'm not tired yet. I'm not tired yet. And so, you know, as far as that goes, I won't keep on running for Jesus. I'm not tired of running for Jesus. I'm not tired of looking into his word. I'm not tired of talking about the goodness of God. I'm not tired of talking about my testimony and the, uh, the pit that God uh, dug me out of. I'm not tired of talking about the power of God and how good God has been. I'm not tired of telling uh, the false preachers and teachers out there. I'm not tired of talking about you and telling you you're going to have to repent. I'm not tired of that. Lord, no, I'm not tired yet. And so we're going to go on and we're going to talk about the truth. We're going to talk about the, the word of truth and what God uh, is saying in his word. And so he says in verse uh, 16 of Proverbs chapter 6, these six things I hate, yea, uh, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that devise a, a wicked imaginations. that's where we are, uh, feet that's are swift to run uh, in, to mischief and false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among his brethren. So we've been camping out with a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Now, I'm going to tell you, I did something today that I kind of brought myself to uh, really slow him way down on. And uh, that was I got on my phone, so I hadn't done it in quite a while. But today I thought, you know, I'm going to look and see what's out there. I'm going to go on the podcast today, and, and we're going to be talking later on. And and so I was looking at the different articles that were popping up. You know how you get on your phone and the, all those little... Now, I know I'm going to sound silly the way I'm explaining it, but, you know, the little squares of pictures that come up, and then it's got... It'll give a little uh, sentence or title or whatever to kind of grab somebody's attention, you know, to read. But in any event, I, I spent a, a, a good portion of time looking at these different articles. And I, I finally had to stop because it was really felt, you know, I had to literally stop and, and I, I had taken my dogs out to walk and just, you know, out there talking to the Lord and, and um, asking God to just... Uh, just to, to help me and to strengthen me 
in this life because you know there's so many things going on around us and this this thing uh, that we are looking at here, this, and when I say thing, I don't mean to be disrespectful. I'm talking about this thing that people do, okay? Uh, God's word is righteous and holy and should be looked at in a very solemn and respectful manner. Um, but when I say thing, I'm not being disrespectful. I'm, a, I'm just saying the thing that people do, their heart devises with wicked imaginations. And that simply means evil plots and plans that, that are made out of a person's emotional uh, makeup. You know, that's what the heart means. It means your, your emotional makeup. In other words, who you are uh, as a person, who you really are. You know, who, And you know, some people can really fool people. Did y'all know that? I mean, I... I've, I've looked at some articles over time. I'm not talking about today, but over time. And I've seen some articles that just, just flabbergast, you know, stories that it's like you never would have thought this coming from this person. I mean, years and years and years and years and years of somebody being, uh, you know, a, a, an upstanding citizen in the community and, you know, got family and all this. And then all of a sudden, everything just... Uh, goes haywire but you got to remember that it's not really that something just all of a sudden just like that went haywire there's been things going on and that's the thing that people don't understand a lot of time people can be really really um, very secretive and all that kind of thing and the bible talks about that you know it really does it talks about uh the secret things that people do that they devise and they hide but the thing of it is that you can't do you can't hide from god i don't care how secret you get i don't care how or what you do i mean i i was reading some articles today and i, I looked at some of them and it was like some of these articles talking about how people, uh, you know, they would get certain types of phones or they would use certain types of internet to hide different things and to do uh, and, and commit terrible crimes, you know, against people. I mean, just really uh, horrible crimes, you know. And so it, it's just astounding that the Word of God is so very clear about what humanity can do and how far they can go right here in the word there's and this is the reason why god hates he hates plots wicked and evil plots that uh, you, you know you, you conjure it up you you get it going you get it solidified in your mind after a while and you just keep on going down the road and you know and then i read some uh, until you finally do whatever it is that you got your wicked evil plans are going and then I, I read some articles where some of those uh, plots and plans, you know, thank goodness, uh, thank the Lord, that some of those plots and plans were thwarted and literally stopped because uh, somehow, some way, uh, something uh, was said by somebody else or somebody made a report or whatever to bring certain things to a stop. I saw where there was an article about um, three boys and they're teenagers. You know, it, it's just so sad that so many young people... Uh, are beginning to, and I, I know some people are going to say, well, you know, that's been going on for, you know, millennia, they'll say. Uh, but really, there is so many things that you can look at in this generation that we've not had in any other succeeding generations. 
And I know some people, you know, roll your eyes at that, or whatever. But there is a lot of things that are uh, that have come about in this generation that we are living in that has succeeded any other generation when you look and take into consideration all the pieces to the puzzle. Uh, you know, things that are just uh, astounding and amazing um, that coincide with Scripture. And I don't have time to get into to all of that, but... But what I am saying to you is when you look at the Bible and then you look at that phone and then you look at something, it's like, whoa, how can people not see what in the world is going on in this world? And, you know, I I don't know, it was a few days ago, I can't remember exactly when it was, but a few days ago, I can't remember the exact day is what I mean. But um, there was a group, I can call them a gang, I guess, they was out. Uh, near a park that's near our home and I just went to prayer I just said Lord you know don't let any problem get to going and all that kind of thing and uh, while I'm praying the Lord said to me he just directed me very quickly and very clearly I want you to go out there and I want you to speak to them about me now that's not his exact words and but um, I could tell about that another time but anyway uh he told me what to do, and, and that's what I mean. There's there's detail to it, but uh, I'll tell about that another time. But uh, told me what to do, and uh, get ready to go do it, and you're going to go speak to him. And I did. And there was probably seven or eight of them, I guess. And, uh, you know, I did what the Lord said. I got on my suit and tie as if I was going to church to worship the Lord. I got my Bible, and I marched out of the house and they could see me coming and they all turned around and stopped staring at me as I kept getting closer and closer to them because it's like what is this man doing he's coming closer and he's staring right at us and I was I mean God just fixed my eyes on them and there was one spot left they were sitting some of them were sitting around this bench in the park and some of them were standing and there was one spot left and I knew that was the spot for me to sit. And I sat down and I just laid that Bible down. And I said, hello, boys. I said, the Lord has sent me to talk to you. And um, one of them, he kind of smiled and turned his head. But as I began to allow the Holy Ghost to take over, I'm telling you what God just literally allowed words to just roll off of my tongue. And I talked to them for about 15 minutes and... And, you know, literally, I, I, I don't know how to say this, but kind of had an altar call. Uh, I, I let him know. I said, you see that pool across the street, uh, across the way here? I said, I'll go pay the fee to get in the pool. I said, so I can baptize any of you in the name of Jesus Christ. I said, if you're willing to repent, you won't turn your life around. And I said, I'm going to tell you what, when you go home and you think about what, what this preacher has said, I said, the words that God has given me out of my mouth to say to you, I said, when you get home and you think about that, I said, if you want to come, I said, you know right where I'm, uh, I live. I said, you saw me walking out of my back door towards you. I said, so you know right where I'm at. And I said, I'm willing to baptize any of you. I said, if you're willing to repent and turn to God, I said, I'll baptize you in Jesus' name. And, uh, and I told him about the Holy Ghost. and the, Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And about the baptism of the Holy Ghost in fire and how God wants to baptize them with the Holy Ghost. I, you know, and I say that because, listen, there are people out there uh, in this world 
and you know, we, we talked a little bit about that last week, about evil plots and plans uh, that people come together to do and how that they want company. We talked about that a, a bit on Tuesday uh, and how that Ananias and Sapphira in the scripture, you know, the husband didn't just want to leave it with him doing whatever he's doing. No, he got his wife involved too. And that's how sin is. A lot of time it wants company. And so, you know, uh, those boys could have been plotting and planning something else. I don't know. Uh, but um, in any event, uh, you know, and there's other extenuating circumstances to some things that have been going on a few days before and all that and uh, i just believe that the lord meant for me to go out there and speak to them um but in any event the thing of it is we we've got to understand that this world they need god they need the lord they and and you know they need this holy ghost power and, and the Bible says in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 6 that God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. God wants to baptize us with that Holy Ghost. He promised it. You know, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, He said uh, that you shall be endued with power. He said God's going to send you power. He said I'm going to give you power. And then in Acts chapter 1 verses 1, uh, uh, ch uh, chapter, excuse me, Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4, the Lord uh, talks about the baptism of the Holy Ghost and how they were filled with the Holy Ghost and all that through the mouth of, uh, of the writer Luke, who is the one that wrote the book of Acts. But talking about how the Holy Ghost fell and came down and, and filled them all with the Holy Ghost. And then in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, when uh, all these people come running to hear what the noise was, you know, the Apostle Peter, he was given that message. You know, the Lord told him one day, uh, before that, he said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And that day, he was given the, the message, the very first message to the church. And he told them, because they said after he had told them about Jesus and how they had put him on the cross and he died for their sins and so on and so forth, the, the, the Spirit of the Lord sent a spirit of conviction. You know, and, and this is something that the world don't like to hear. And when I'm saying the world, I'm talking about the church world. Okay, this is a podcast for Christians. I'm talking about the church. Well, people don't want to hear about repentance anymore. They don't want to hear about turning from their sin. I mean, you, I, I saw right before I uh, came to do this podcast a while ago, and I saw this article, and it popped up about this preacher in Indiana, and he said, you know, uh, he said that the church is being taken over really basically with a, a false Jesus. And a false doctrine. And that's the absolute truth. And even it's verified in the scripture because the apostle Paul talked about uh, if any other preach any other gospel, uh, you know, let him be accursed. And not only that, but the scripture also uh, bears out and says that if, if they speak of another Jesus, you know, this is the reason why you would hear the scripture sometime. It would say this same Jesus or this Jesus or this same Jesus wanting to make it very clear. Look, we're talking about Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We're talking about the Messiah. We're talking about the Son of the living God. We're not talking about just anybody. We ain't just talking about anybody whose name is Jesus. We ain't talking about that. But there are those who have hijacked the true Jesus. They've hijacked, hijacked the truth of the living God and, and, and the word of the living God. And so this pastor, he was talking, he was, and he was trying to get people, other pastors and preachers, you know, to commit to teaching just uh, the, the truth and and he basically made it sound like you know one one doctrine one teaching well the bible teaches that it says one lord one faith one baptism but brother i got to tell you uh it was born out on the day of pentecost repent and be baptized every one of you chapter 2 and verse 38 
of the book of Acts, uh, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Every single one of you. I don't care what the name of your church is. It don't make a bit of difference to the Lord what the name of your church is. I don't care if your church's name is Baptist. I don't care if your church's name is Catholic. I don't care what your church's name The bottom line is, it says, every one of you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then he promises you that He, uh, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He didn't say, uh, you know, some of you will and you might or whatever. No, he didn't say that. It said you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And Jesus said you would be endued with the power from on high. And, and it made itself evident that day, on the day of Pentecost, because every single one of them were filled with the Holy Ghost that was in that room praying. And they waited. They had been waiting for 10 days, and that Holy Ghost finally came. I'm going to tell you what, you're going to have to wait on God. Be patient. But God wants to fill people with the Holy Ghost. And, and not only that, but once God baptized it, now I don't mean just people you know because some people say well i received the holy ghost when i received jesus no you did not because the bible bears out that uh, there are apostles that spoke one time when he came across a group of people and he said have you his question directly to them when he first saw them was did you receive the holy ghost since you believed or have you received the holy ghost since you believed if they had automatically received it when they believed, he never would have asked that question. But it was a pertinent question. It was a very important question to be asking because it was something that was needed and it's something that's still needed today. People need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire down in their soul and you need to stay full of the Holy Ghost. Stay full of the Holy Ghost. You know, the very first martyr in Scripture, his name was Stephen. And he was being stoned. And the Bible says that he lifted his voice up, being full of the Holy Ghost. You see, Stephen saw Jesus while he was being stoned. He literally could see him. He said, I, I can see him on the right hand of God. And that means Jesus even clarified what that meant. He said, it's the right hand of power. That came out of the mouth of Jesus. So I don't, I don't know why people can't understand that, because Jesus clarified what he meant by it. Look it up in the book of Luke. Um, but anyway... Uh, you know, the thing of it is that God has everything available to us that we need in order for us to, to not walk in the things that God hates. He gives us power to overcome that. He gives us power to overcome the enemy. And so it is really important that we look at what God hates how are you going to know what God hates if you don't look? And some people say, well, I, all I want to do is focus on his love. Well, that's a wonderful thing. Because without love, you don't have anything anyway. But you cannot sit there and ignore what Jesus said when he told the devil that we shall live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And, and, and you have to, you know, and some people, you know, they'll say, well, you keep saying the same thing over and over and over. And, you know, and I understand that. But the thing of it is, this generation is stubborn, and they're hard-headed. And, and, and the Bible talked about that day coming. And, and there has to be somebody that's going to plow through it and speak to people with a fervency in their voice and a fire down in their soul and say, look, we need to look at the whole counsel of God's word. We need to look at what God hates 
and uh, walk away from those things. We've got to sanctify ourselves. Amen. Certainly God sanctifies us. But do you know how many verses you can find that talk about sanctify yourself? Don't you know you've got to do something? You've got to get up and walk out and away from some things. How are you going to know what to do? How are you going to know what to walk away from? How are you going to know what God hates so you know to walk away from it if you don't listen to what he said? Huh? You know that makes sense. You sure do. That ain't hard to understand. But sometimes some preachers just got to stomp their foot and smack their fist on the desk and yell a little bit to get somebody's attention. Now, so he says that God hates a heart that devises wicked imagination. He don't like that. He don't like people making evil plots and evil plans and then dragging people into it. Dragging company into it like Ananias did with his wife Sapphira in Acts chapter 2. The book of Acts chapter 2, uh, excuse me, not chapter 2, chapter 5 verses 1 through, I don't know, let's look real quick. I know it's chapter 5 and I know it started with verse 1. I'm going to look real quick because I don't want somebody saying, oh, he don't even know his Bible. You know, because people just got, you know, people got something to say about everything. And they won't tear up preachers, they're going to tell the truth. All right, so uh, it's Acts chapter 5, and it's verses 1 through 11, okay? And uh, it talks about, you know, how Ananias, he's, he's got his wife involved in, in a, something that is evil, and it became uh, something that caused them literally to lie to the Holy Ghost, and God struck them dead, both of them. And so you don't want to mess with God. You know, because some people say, oh, that, that God in the Old Testament, he, he just struck people dead. Well, read Acts chapter 5. God struck those two de uh, dead, you know, husband and wife, because they plotted and schemed against God and wanted to lie. And you know who they were actually telling the lie to? To the apostles, to the preachers. And yet he said, you didn't lie to man, you lied to God. And so God struck them dead. And, and so, you know, and it says that fear came over the church because of that. But listen, when you're going to want to plot and plan wicked and evil things, you better know this. God is watching you. Did you hear what I said? God is watching you. Oh, yes, he is. You're going to have to understand that. You're going to have to understand that God sees everything. God knows even your thoughts and my thoughts. He knows everything we do. Everything, everything that we say, everything that we even think, you know. God knows how long you let something ponder in your mind or whether you're going to push it out and, and just repent of whatever that you might need to repent of and move on. Huh? But God knows whether you do that or whether you uh, let it linger and you just go on from one simple thought to another and it just keeps on going. Look it up in the book of James and tell me it ain't true. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's, there's, you know, that place and space that we go to where there's a, a time and place in our mind where it goes from just a, a fleeting thought to something that we end up um, moving towards a sinful thought. And then a lot of times a sinful thought becomes a sinful action. And so, you know, but the thing of it is, you're not going to overcome that. You ain't got the power to do it unless you got the power of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible tells. It makes it very clear what that means. There's, there's no confusion here. 
God is not a God of confusion. He's not a God of disorder. And a lot of people want to talk about the, you know, the churches that speak in tongues say, oh, y'all are just so disordered and blah, blah, blah. And they think the only, the only way that people speak in tongues is if there's interpretation. The Bible does not teach that lie. That is not true. Every single person that was baptized with the Holy Ghost spoke in tongues. But the gift of tongues and interpretation is a gift after a person has been baptized with the Holy Ghost. You, you can't have the gift of tongues and interpretation and not having been baptized with the Holy Ghost. That's not possible. But, but also on the other flip side of this, everybody that's baptized with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues does not have the gift of tongues and interpretation. Some folks just don't have that. But everybody going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, they're going to speak in tongues. And that's the Bible. But you got preachers running around and they'll even say, oh, you know, the Bible says tongues shall cease. Well, yeah, it's going to. But it ain't happened yet. Do you hear me talking? Huh? What do you think I'm using? What do you think I'm using to talk? You know full well what I'm using. I'm using my tongue. And now I understand that whenever it was saying that, it was talking about the, the unknown tongue. But when it said tongue shall cease, that gives indication that yes, God is not going to have to use tongues and interpretation when we're standing right in front of him and he's completely, uh, you know, this, the, as the Bible says, he will be the light you know, there won't be any need for the sun or the moon because God is going to be there with us on the earth. That's what the Bible says in the new earth. God, God's going to do that. Huh? Jesus is going to be with us on this earth for 1,000 years, and then after that, they, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, and the Lord is going to be the sunshine himself. And they ain't going to be needing no tongues and interpretation because God is right there. We don't need no tongues and interpretation. Well, this is what the Lord said, and God gives a tongue, and then, he, and then somebody else interprets. You're not going to need that then. But we need it now because God is not here right now on this earth. Jesus ain't sitting there in Jerusalem like he's going to be doing for a thousand years. And you pull well, no, he's not. Don't tell me that bunch of nonsense. You know who teaches that? The Jehovah's Witness. They'll say, oh, he's ruling from, from heaven is what he's doing. No, he's not. Now, I know Jesus is, is in charge. I'm not saying he ain't in charge because the Bible says he's in charge of everything. He rules from heaven and every single thing on this earth. He's in complete control and in charge of all of it. But by that, I mean this. And so don't you twist my words, you little twisters. Ah, you know there are some twisters out there. You better quit that because hmm? you play a game of God. But what I meant was, I'm talking about when Jesus sits literally in Jerusalem, huh? on the throne of who? David. That's what he said he's going to do for 1,000 years. Huh? Do you see him over there? You know you don't. But the Lord is still ruling and reigning. That is true. God is in charge of everything. Even though everything looks so chaotic around us and all of that kind of thing. And so... You know, but but there's another thing that God does too. He uses preachers and pastors and 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 teachers and evangelists. The Bible talks about the fivefold ministry, and then we've got the apostles in the Word of God that has uh, set the foundation of the church. And and so that fivefold ministry works 
Hallelujah. Hand in hand with God. And we look at his word. And so you got a preacher or a teacher that's going to come and bring you the word. And they're going to tell you, look, this is what God says. He says he's got some things he hates. And we better listen to it. And he said, how should they hear without a preacher? So God is going to call on somebody to say, look, hello, y'all. Hello, I'm on this podcast, God's Old Word. And I'm trying to tell you that God hates some things. Hello. Yeah. You got to wake people up. You got to tell them, look, this is what God's word says. And God's not playing. You can't sit there and say, well, I know God hates certain things. And I know that it says that he hates uh, the heart that plots and plans evil imaginations and all and carries it out. I understand that. But, uh, you know, I'm just a human. Have you ever heard people say that? I'm just a human. I'll make mistakes. And that's just an excuse for you to sit there and keep sinning because you don't want to repent. You want to keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, you do. You want to make an excuse for not repenting and turning from your wicked ways. And I'm going to tell you what, if you got to get up every day and, and you, you got to repent 20, uh, you know, have a, a heart of prayer uh, 25 times in a day for you to get yourself right and to stay right, then you better do what you got to do. Huh? The Bible talks about how they had the hour of prayer. And then David talked about it. He said, I go to prayer morning, noon, uh, morning, night, and noon. This is how he worded it. Huh? He had three times a day play, prayed. And I, I would venture to say that the apostles, uh, there was uh, indication that some of that even went on them. But then there was also that hour of prayer too. Huh? You say, well, I don't mean a little hour. I don't care what you think it means or don't mean. We ain't here to debate all that. The point is, you better get in contact with God. Do you hear that? You better get yourself in contact with God. And I'm going to tell you what. The way you need to get in contact with God, you got to get filled with that Holy Ghost. you got to be baptized by the Holy Ghost in fire and let that Holy Ghost to be full in you. And you know there's an instruction on how to do that. The book of Jude. It's only one chapter. Verse 20. Building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Huh? I read somebody's thought on what they thought that meant. I'm going to tell you what it means, exactly what it says. Don't sit there and, you know, twist your little thoughts up and trying to make, make it look like something other than what you don't want to believe. And that is, you need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, just like they were on the day of Pentecost. Because, because Jude also says in verse 3 of that chapter, I believe it's verse 3. Let me look it up, folks. Because, I, like I said, I don't want to tell you something ain't so. I think it's Jude in verse 3. Some of you are probably yelling at me through the... the Podcasters saying, yeah, is there? No, it isn't. You know, I don't know. All right, so it's the little book right before the book of Revelation called Jude. And uh, he was the half-brother of Jesus, don't you know? So verse 3, it says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence, it is verse 3, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the commons of the common salvation. In other words, the Apostle Paul talked about that too. You know, he talked about the laying the foundation. He said, some of you... You can't even eat strong meat. You're still drinking milk because we got to still got to come along and just lay the foundations of repentance and baptism and all. And he said, you got to go past that. You you got to start getting some strong meat here. And and this is why this podcast exists. We've got to get some strong meat down in our soul. But you know, some of you, you're such a a, a, a weak soul. And the reason why you're weak soul, you need power. Jesus said, you shall be endued with power. 
That's what he said. He's going to give you power. And that power is the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so um, Jude, Brother Jude, he said, uh, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you. In other words, he said, I, I really had a mind to just talk about common salvation. He said it was needful. He looked around and he saw the need. He said it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly, in other words, with every ounce of your strength, every uh, bit of your soul, earnestly contend. And that word contend, it means to fight, to battle for. Uh, for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And that word once, it means one time. In other words, God brought the gospel. He laid it in our lap. One time it's told, and this is what you're going to do, and this is what you better do. And yet you've got people that will run around and say, Oh, no, our church over here, we, we got a different doctrine. Oh, no, our church over here, we got a different doctrine. No, uh-uh. He said you got to contend with that. That word faith, it actually, when you look it up, it can mean the tenets of beliefs. The, the things that you believe. He said that was given to the church one time. There's no reason for people to go out and try to figure something else out because God's already told it all. I mean, who are we to go change what God said, and, uh, you know? And, and he's laid this foundation with the apostles and the prophets and the word of God. And we can look at that. We can see that. We can understand those things. You say, well, I can't understand it. Well, part of the problem is because you need that teacher. The baptism of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a teacher. So the baptism of the Holy Ghost is going to put that teacher on the inside of your body. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, he will. He'll fill you with the Holy Ghost if you want it. But I'm going to tell you what. If you're sitting up in a church that's going to tell you you don't need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, you ain't never going to get the Holy Ghost there. Who's who going to go down the altar at a church that's telling you that uh, you know baptism of the Holy Ghost comes from the devil? There's people that actually say that and they believe that. And you go down there and you tell that preacher that teaches that, would you pray for me that I'd be baptized in the Holy Ghost? They're not going to do that. They're going to tell you you need some direction and you need some teaching to go along with what they say. And what they'll do is they'll label it and they'll say what the word really says. And then they'll twist what's said. But, you know, it's, it's simple and easy. Read the word of God. There's, what it says it means and what it means it says. There's no argument here. There's no problem. And when God said he hates something, don't sit there and say God don't hate nothing. Don't sit there and say, well, the God of the Old Testament, he hated things, but Jesus is the only one that loves. You know, people believe that. And yet Jesus is the one that said, and the New Testament hadn't been written yet, Jesus is the one that said. He's the one that said to the devil. And he's the one that needs to know. And he's trying to tell you, Jesus, out of his own mouth, He's, he's telling you through the word that this is what he said to the devil. So why aren't you saying the same thing to the devil? Can you explain that? Why is it that Jesus is telling the devil that man shall live by, uh, not by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God? But, but, you know, Jesus told the devil that, but you don't want to tell the devil that. Why not? Huh? Why don't you want to tell people, look, God hates some things and we better quit it. We better stop. We better repent. Why don't you want to tell the truth? Oh, blessed Jesus, help us all. And so there's evil plots and plans. I looked on my phone, like I was saying today, and I was astounded. You know, article after article after article that I... And what it is, listen, this, this is what's so disturbing. 
so met so much now i'm not saying every single one of the articles there were some people that uh they perpetrated crimes on people they did not do didn't know and that's sad too but so many of it was husbands killing wives wives killing husbands boyfriends killing girlfriends girlfriends killing boyfriends children killing parents parents killing children i mean it just goes on and on it's just absolutely mind-boggling and the thing of it is there's a solution and people say oh we need more uh you know government uh the government needs to fund more of this and that and the other and yada 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 listen you can have your programs all you want but the real problem is a sin problem and so because of that people need a solution to the sin problem and jesus came that we might have a solution to the sin problem and when he left he came back he sent back the holy ghost and each and every one of us have that solution that's available to us in order to change lives amen and the Bible says, you know, the Apostle Paul said that we're given, the church is given the ministry of reconciliation. Look, the ministry of reconciliation includes speaking to people and saying, look, God wants you to be reconciled back to him, and this is the way you do it, like the Bible says. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And every one of them spoke in tongues. Now, you got some out there. They want to play with the word and they want to twist. Let me, let me ask you, who was it that was playing with the word in the very beginning? Go back to the book of Genesis. Who's the one that was playing with the word? You know who I'm talking about. Mama Eve in the garden, she got what? Hmm? Deceived. That's what the Bible says. Adam wasn't the one that was deceived. The Bible says Eve was the one that was deceived. And she was deceived by the devil because, you know, he said, you know, did, did, how, how did this thing go? What, what is it that God said to you? And you really got to look at what she said because there is some things that are kind of telling with what she said. But, you know, the bottom line is Satan was able to get her eyes off of what God said and onto what he said. Now, I'm telling you right now, that is exactly where the world is at now, and the church world specifically, and it's very sad, because what they're doing is they're allowing the world to drag them under to the very thing that Satan wants them to identify with. That's, that's a sad story, because the church is supposed to be a, a, a reflection of God's love and mercy, but as well his holiness and godliness. And, and so you've got this, so I'm going to make this very clear. There is a fake church in the world. I'm going to say it real simple. There's a fake church and there's a real church in the world. The fake church, the Bible says, is the congregation of the dead. Hmm? The real church is the congregation of the living that live unto the living God. That's what they do. And when you are baptized with the Holy Ghost and you stay full of the Holy Ghost, all those evil plots and plans that you used to make, 
they're just not going to have room inside of you for that because as you stay full of the Holy Ghost, it's it's the Spirit of the Lord uh, living in you and He moves you away from those things and He guides you to holiness and godliness. And then He gives us His Bible. Why do you think people are doing everything they can to speak against the Bible? Even people that claim to be Christians, they will speak against the Bible. I've seen them do it. I've seen YouTube things and all this, uh, you know, the content that they create, and, and they claim to be a Christian, and yet they're slamming the Bible. And so Satan has figured out a way that he figures he could destroy the church. That's what he thinks. But the Bible makes it clear that Jesus said, the gates of hell shall, shall not prevail. doesn't mean that Satan's not going to give a try. It doesn't mean he ain't going to try to get a good, a good run on it. But he's not going to prevail. And, and, and so the thing of it is, when you look at that, the world, if anybody from the world, if you're not saved, if you're not a Christian and you're listening to this podcast, I want to tell you something right now. Don't look at all churches and think all of them are the real thing. Because they're not. There is a difference, and the Bible shows us how that church is to look. And if that church is not living a wholly separated life unto God and, and showing the love of God to people as well at the same time, because I've talked about some things on here uh, that really needs uh, to be something that grows on the tree of the real church. And you've got to be merciful and you've got to be loving and long-suffering and patient and temperate and all of those things, the fruits of the Spirit. But you've got to be able to be willing to reach the lost. And you've got to be willing to show that you love them. And, you know, I've said to people before where I came from, you know, coming out of the, the gay um, world, the gay agenda, and, and just uh, living the life that we live. Um... Uh, serving God and serving God in holiness and godliness and separating ourselves from from worldliness and ungodliness. Uh, It's something that is imperative for a Christian to do. And so if you see uh, the the dead church, the the, the fake church, they're going to be living in all kinds of sin and they're just not going to be full of the power of God at all. But you find a church that's going to be serving God with all their heart and they're separated from the world. You know, the Bible says that Jesus was separate from sinners. But a lot of people nowadays, they, they've created this other idea of another Jesus, that he was just running with the sinners. No, 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 no. Those sinners went after him. He didn't, Jesus was reaching for them. Yes, absolutely. Jesus was coming to the world to them. Jesus did come to the world to them. But this thing that they've got going on, I've seen this commercial where they make it look like that Jesus was just hanging out with the sinners and almost as if he's just sinning right along with them and everything's fine. Let's just love the Lord. That's not Jesus. No, no. When you look in the scripture, they followed him and Jesus had compassion on them and he reached for them because when you hear the real word of truth it reaches to you and people want more because they're hungry for the Lord and that's what would happen he would begin to just tell you know pockets of people and the next thing you know there's these throngs of people following him and these people would even get to the point where they wouldn't even eat and drink for like days would go by and they just wanted to hear his words don't tell me they were running off to the bar together and that Jesus hung out at the bar and let, let's have some suds together. No, that was not the Jesus that you see in the scripture. 
That's a lie. But what you've got to understand is there's a difference. If you are in the world, or even if you've been disgruntled, and maybe you were part of the dead church, well, I understand why you'd be disgruntled. I, I understand why you would you would think to yourself, you know, I, I just don't get it because this, why, what's the point in going to church if, if the people in the church are acting and behaving like the world, why not just go live in the world because you're going to die and go to hell anyway? Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not being mean and hateful. I know some people are like, oh, I can't believe a preacher would talk like that. But the honest truth is, if you're going to be in a dead church, you're going to go to hell anyway. Because you're not living for the Lord. You're not serving Him like the Bible say. And so if you're, going, if you're not going to live for God anyway, why, why ain't you just out there just having yourself a good time? Because all you're going to get is what the fun you're going to get on this earth. Because when this time is up, and your time going to be up, let me tell you, you're going to meet Him. You're going to meet God. Yes, you are. And when your time's up, you're going to meet Him, and then you're going to have to face judgment. And you don't get the choice for judgment. You can choose whether or not you want to serve the Lord, but you don't get to choose the, the judgment that's going to come. God's already made it clear in his Bible what, what that judgment looks like. And it's a scary thing. I'll tell you what, I don't want to be standing there uh, not ready to meet God. And I'm telling you right now, you don't want to be either. So, but, but there's a real church and there's a fake church. But the fake church, what's happened is people don't have something to, uh, you know, well, they do have something to look at. There is the real church is really there. There really are people that live holy and separate lives, but they are spoken evil of. And they're called uh, a cult and all this other kind of stuff because they have holiness standards and they believe that there's a difference uh, between the sexes. They believe that there's a male and a female just like the Bible said. And they believe that a woman ought to dress like a woman and a man ought to dress like a man. They believe those things. And they teach that holiness. And people, you know, in the world, they're, they're just they'll just tear you up talking like that they don't like that and so what happens is it looks like there's a damper on the church but that ain't the case at all because the real church is there and those who really want to serve god they're going to come and they're going to serve him but in the end you're going to have many people fall away the bible says there will be such a thing as that and that's exactly what has happened so don't be surprised why be surprised there's no point in be surprised but listen god had a church a long time ago uh-huh. It started 2,000 years ago. Yes, it did. And God has had a people for a long time before that that gave their offerings up to God, those burnt offerings that they did under the Old Testament law, by faith. If they did it by faith, there are so many people. The Bible listed in Hebrews chapter 11, it's the chapter of faith. Go read it. There's all kind of people in the Old Testament that... Uh, they offered those sacrifices by faith. They, they weren't offering those in just a, like a dead sacrifice that just wasn't going anywhere. No, they offered it by faith with pointing to Jesus because they knew that that sacrifice was going to point to a Messiah that was going to come and that was going to take away their sins. They knew that. They understood that. And so by faith, you've got, I'm not kidding, you're going to have billions of people over the period of time all the way from the beginning, all the way to the end, whoever's going to be saved, I believe there's going to be billions. Now, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But, even if it's in the millions, don't you want to be part of the true church? Why Why you want, why you want to be a part of a dead church that's going to send you straight to hell anyhow? Why would you do that? I mean, it makes no sense. Because the thing of it is, when... People in the world focus and they look at the dead church. That's what gives the world this uh, idea that there's no hope. 
But the church that's willing to stand up for the truth and live holy, that gives people a light to look at and it brings hope to their life. And so we've got to be willing to stand up and say, look, there is hope. There's a light. And, and the true church is still standing here. As long as the church is still here. And you know what? The Antichrist, he can't come until, until the church is taken out of here. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, I got a mind to be in the church. I got a mind to be there on that great day. Yes, sir. I got a mind to be lifted. My feet lifted off this ground when the Lord uh, sounds that trumpet. Amen and hallelujah. I, I got a mind to be saved. I got a mind to be uh, lit. Now, I know some people don't like the word raptured, but I, I believe I'm going to be in that catching away of the church, don't you? Don't you want to be caught away with the Lord when that trumpet sounds? I do. You say, well, I can't imagine that because I see gravity and I understand science. Well, you can understand science all the way to hell. That's what you can do. That's exactly what's going to happen. You can understand science all the way to hell. And you don't want to do that. Listen, God can defy gravity. Yes, he can. Oh, yes, he can. He's the one that created gravity in the first place. You don't think God can't do? i tell you what he sure enough can do. Yes, he can. And so we got to get our mind right. we got to get our mind on the Lord and allow the Lord to fill us with the Holy Ghost and stay full of the Holy Ghost so that we don't have wicked and evil plots going through our mind. Huh? Planning all kinds of wickedness. I, I, I'm going to say this as I get ready to close here. There was one article. I, I was just, oh, it just bothered me so much when I saw it. And I finally, I, that's when I just finally had to take a break. And I said, I'm, I'm done for today. I'm done for quite a while looking at that stuff. But I just felt like I just want to look, look at it before this podcast. But this big one, it was a, it's not just a, a father. Now, we're talking adults. All of them, including his sons. But, you know, I think he was in his 60s and his sons are like, I don't know, 20s, 30s, something. Anyway. And they created this. And, and even the news will say it. They said, uh, that's a fake church. <laughs> I mean, this is, the, this is the people that were prosecuted. They said, that's a fake church. And they created this fake church and it really is a fake church and they started selling this uh, bottle of, of uh, their remedy they said that was going to heal all kinds of things they said and then they even used the name of Jesus Christ they said oh we believe in God and we believe in Jesus Christ and I thought oh my word and and they were selling these bottles of this stuff that really they said when you really get right down to what it was because they had an undercover to order some of the things that they were selling online and people were buying it 15 20 and 30 dollars a bottle and people buying it and they're drinking it because they said oh this will kill your cancer and this will heal you this and that and the other and they're lying through their teeth god don't need no bottle of bleach and that's what they said that it basically come out too whenever they did the testing that it was more or less like a very strong bleach and and and, and people were foolish enough to buy this and foolish enough to drink it and so, uh, you know, uh, prosecution's coming, all this other kind of things going on. And, and they tried to keep saying, this is a church. And they said, no, you're not. You're a fake church. And so, there, listen, there's lots of fake churches out there. But some of, the, some of the hardest ones to detect are the ones that look mm, like, not like that. You know, because that's kind of crazy stuff, you know? Selling bottles is 
drink stuff. Hey, you know, gonna. Jesus can heal. I believe Jesus can heal, but he sure don't need your bottle of bleach to do it. Amen and hallelujah. But, you know, people, because I, I, I was sitting, I said, Lord, why would people buy this stuff, Lord? And, and you know, the thing of it is, because people are desperate. They're desperate for something. They're desperate. Listen, Jesus can give you everything you need. The Bible tells us that in, in, in the book of Peter, it, it lets us know through, through the mouth of the apostle Peter, he said, God will give us everything for life and godliness. Now, I believe that's the first, uh, first Peter chapter 1, verse 3, I believe it is. It might be Second Peter verse uh, chapter 1, verse 3. Uh, let's look it up. And I want to make sure. Uh, let's see. We've got to go backwards here. So let's see. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's Second Peter chapter one verse three. It says, "According as His divine power hath given unto us all things, all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him that have called us to glory and virtue." Did you ever see in the Word of God when you're studying that the Lord said, "Oh, by the way, I'm going to send some folks that will uh, say you some bleach in a bottle and you drink it and everything will be fine." You know full well God didn't say that, huh? And and the the only reason why people be so foolish to be fool, they made lots of money. We're we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, so people are buying this stuff. It's like it's insane. But it was a wicked plot, plot and a wicked imagination. And it's a father, and I believe he's in his 60s, and their sons, they're adults too. And they all conspired together. And, 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 and plotting this wickedness, it's wicked. Because you got people that are, you know, desperate, if you will. And rather than, you know, trusting the Lord, and then look, listen, we're going to have trouble in our way in this life. The Bible says it's short and full of trouble. We're going to have some trouble in this life. But you've got other churches that are out there saying, oh, no, everything should be perfect when you come to Jesus. The Bible doesn't teach that. It does not teach that. Look at the apostles. Look at the church. Look at the early church. Look at the struggles they had. Come on, we're going to have some struggles sometimes. Huh? And there's a song used to sing a long time ago, I got to cry. Sometimes I got to cry. Sometimes, you know, even God gave the wisest man in the world to tell us that there is a time to mourn. There's a time, there's a time for different things, and it's not always going to be easy. Sometimes it's going to be flat out difficult. I can tell you that. I've come across just in these last few days, the one-year anniversary of my son being found in a hotel room and died of an overdose of drugs. You don't think that wasn't hard? You don't think that wasn't absolutely difficult and, and just really hard to get through? But it's only 22 years old. Of course, it's, it's, it's something that, you, you know, it's like you, you can't make sense of it. You know, how come, how come my son had to die like that and this one here, they, you know, and I'm serving the Lord and my son don't want to listen and, and he just goes and does what he just keeps on doing. And I tell him, stay away from that. Don't, don't do that. And he becomes an adult and does it anyway. Because people make their choices. You know, they make their choices. And don't make it sound, I don't want you to think I don't didn't love my son. Absolutely, to this day I love him. I'll love him forever. But listen, people make their choices. And I had to accept that fact that 
that my son made the choice that he made to be involved with drugs and then it killed him. And I can't change that. That's another thing I have to tell you, and you have to accept that. There's some things you cannot change, and there's going to be difficulties, and there's going to be pain and hurt in this life. But look, God has given us everything for God, for life and godliness. God's going to give us give us what we need to get us through this life. And one of the most, uh, most wonderful things that God has done is he said, I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost. It's going to give you a power to overcome. That's what the Lord wants to do for you. He wants to baptize with the Holy Ghost so that you can have the power that you need. Glory to God. That you need to get through this life. Because life going to be short and full of trouble. Mm -hmm. Did you ever read the list of the different things that the Apostle Paul went through after he became a Christian? Because some people say, once I became a Christian, everything fell apart. Blah, 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 blah. Listen, go read Paul's story. I mean, Paul, things just went absolutely crazy for him. And so many things happened. He was shipwrecked. He was stoned. He was, and when I say stoned, I don't mean stoned on drugs and all that. No, he was stoned. They threw rocks till he was dead. They thought he was dead. And then the Lord raised him up and he kept on going. And this is an extremely painful way to die. But for whatever reason, God raised him up. He kept on going. But there were so many things that he went through. John the Baptist, you know, the forerunner of Jesus, he got his head cut off. You know, don't sit there and tell me that everything's going to be hunky-dory when you follow Jesus. You follow Jesus, I'm going to tell you what, you're going to have to count the cost. Because there's going to be some trouble in your way sometime when you stand up for the Lord and you say, look, there is a difference between the dead church and the live church. There's a difference between the congregation of the dead and the congregation of the living. They're not the same church. And the one that's the congregation of the dead, I'm going to tell you what, you're going to be susceptible to, to plots and plans that are not good, just like that man did with his sons. You say, well, I wouldn't do that. Well, you might not do that. But you're going to have to be baptized with the Holy Ghost so the Lord can lead you and guide you because the Bible says the Holy Ghost will lead us and guide us into all truth. That's what the Holy Ghost wants to do for you. The Holy Ghost wants to give you peace that passes all understanding. He does. And the Lord wants to, uh, to not only give you peace that passes all understanding, but the Bible says he wants to give you joy unspeakable. It's a joy that you cannot put words to. It's just astounding the joy that the Holy Ghost will give you and the peace that the Holy Ghost will give you even in the middle of your son dying of a drug overdose like I had to deal and still. You don't think I'm not still grieving? I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, it's been a year. And so my grieving has went from, I remember the day I found out. I remember the wails coming out of me. I remember the, I felt like I was just being ripped open. You understand what I'm saying? But I've had to say, Lord, you're still good. You're still righteous. You're still holy. And you're still worthy to be praised. And I love you. And you're going to give me strength. You're going to give us our whole family, Lord, what we need. I mean, it, it, it really tore up a lot of our family. I mean, it really, when I say that, I'm talking about into grief. Uh, you know, I had to deal with several of my kids on the phone crying, and and I'm, I don't begrudge that. But what I'm saying is, look, there's things in this life that's going to be difficult, but God gives us power to overcome, and we don't have to go through all the plots and plans of, of wickedness because God is going to give us a new life. The Bible says we're a new creature in Christ. That's what the Lord wants to do. He wants to, and, and listen, as I close out with this,
Anybody that's listening, I don't care what you've done. You hear what I'm saying? Listen to this preacher. Now, I preach holiness, and I tell you what, I, I don't bite my tongue. But I want you to know I'm not going to bite my tongue about this either. And that is, God loves you. And I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've done. Now, I do care, but I mean, I don't care what you've done in the sense that God will forgive you of anything. Don't sit there and say that you are so far gone that you've committed such horrible things. And, and the things you may have done may be horrible. But listen, God will forgive you. God will show his love and his mercy to you. He will. I know the God that I serve. I know who he is, and I know how much he loves each and every person that he's created. And whether you believe it or not, you've been created by God. But you were created by God for a purpose and a reason. That was to worship him and serve him and live for him. And to find out what purpose he had for your life. And even today, with whatever mess you might find yourself in, God's got a purpose for you if you will just yield to him and repent and turn to him and let God to do a, uh, let him do a work in your life. And he'll do that. And so I won't pray with y'all. Dear Lord, I thank you for this privilege. And hallelujah, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege and the opportunity to bring your word. I pray that somebody... And I don't know why it's going to take so long to get this thing off on YouTube and people listening. But God wants to do. I'm praying that people will listen and they will be encouraged and they will come to you. They will turn to you and they will walk with you. And, and God, that they will feel what I'm talking about. That they will uh, feel it because you've let them experience it. And that is being baptized with that Holy Ghost and fire. Let them feel the joy unspeakable. And let them feel the peace that passes all understanding, Lord. Let them feel that down in their soul. And Lord, if there's anybody grieving, Lord, help them. God, comfort them. Grief, is, especially of a child, is so difficult to deal with, Lord. And so I ask you, Jesus, to comfort anybody, Lord, of that pain. It, Lord, I can't even imagine what Mary, your mother, was going through when she looked at you on that cross. And saw your nailed body to that cross bleeding. I can't imagine, cannot imagine the pain she went through. Knowing that you were nothing but righteous and you were nothing but holy. But God, she went through that pain. And you went through that pain for us. You were so loving and so kind. And you were willing to sacrifice yourself that we would all be saved. Because, Lord, after three days in the grave, you rose from the dead. Hallelujah. And you rose forever. Forevermore. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you live forevermore. And if we put our faith and trust in you, Lord, we'll live forevermore also. Never to die again. And so, Lord, even though the flesh may die, I know, Lord, and once we put our faith in you, it's going to be hallelujah here and hallelujah there. And then you're going to give us a new body one day. You're going to raise this dead body up out of the grave. And you're going to give us a brand new body. And we thank you for that. And so, Lord, I pray for any and all people that listen and those that maybe feel like they're just so far gone that, that you wouldn't want to even dare save them or love them or anything. But, Lord, I know you. I know how loving you are because I experienced it myself. 
I know how forgiving you are because I experienced it myself, Lord. And there's no one like you, Jesus. And I pray that somebody listening to this will come to know, hallelujah, that there's nobody like you, Jesus, and experience it for themselves. That joy, hallelujah, and that peace, hallelujah, and that release from the burden that they've been carrying all this time. Lord, sin is a heavy burden to carry, but Lord, you said you were willing to carry our burdens. You were going to make our burdens light. All the burden of sin was going to be lifted because you took it upon yourself and nailed it to the cross. And now you just give us maybe a burden here to pray for the lost or to help someone or just whatever it is that you give us. And your burden is light because, Lord, you're there to help us. And I pray, God, that every person that listens, they'll know that this is true that you really are there and that you will lift their burden from them and you will give them joy and peace like they've never known. I thank you for your word that you guide us and you lead us and you direct us. Lord, there's so many people the devil is using to slam the word and destroy it, but I thank God that you raised it up and that it's still, oh, hallelujah. There's no power against the word of God. You said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Lord, your word is standing. The church is still here. My God, you have done a great work just like you said you would do. So I give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. And so with that said, y'all, I'm going to let you go. And I hope that you've been blessed uh, by this podcast. I really hope you've been, uh, I really mean that. I mean, I know that I'm very stern when I speak. I know I'm, you know, but I want people to know, look, I I say those things humbly before God because even though I may have a fire in my mouth, I know the pit that God dug me out of. And I thank Him. Oh, how I thank Him. He's been good. And God wants to be good to you too. He really does. Won't you give him a chance? Give Jesus a chance today. And so with that said, I love y'all and I'm out. God bless.